Hi, this is Dr. Tony Alvarado. Welcome back to Harmonize Your Life, Conversations on Self-Care for Women of Color podcast. Well, we're back with another month of uh, episodes. Um, The month of November um, is Caregiver Month. And um, we're going to be talking later on this month about uh, with some caregivers and some helping you understand some uh, ways uh, that you can care for yourself while you're caring for others. And so to start us out today, I want to have a conversation with uh, someone Uh, who I believe will help us as we talk about the uh, idea of staying healthy in a pandemic. We're going to be discussing how to stay healthy in the midst of a pandemic. So I have with me Dr. Cheryl Vicks Crawford, who is our guest today. She is a medical doctor, internal medicine uh, doctor, physician, and um, she is going to be talking to us and really, really giving us some good information and sharing with us some things that we can do to stay healthy in this pandemic. Dr. Cheryl, welcome to the Harmonize Your Life podcast. Thank you so much, Dr. Tony, for having me. Glad to be here with you today. Good. I'm glad to have you. You know, it's been a long time coming that I've been wanting to have you on this show for a while. And um, I just appreciate uh, who you are in the community. I appreciate the work that you do. Um, I want to say that Dr. Cheryl Vicks Crawford is also my soror. She is a member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated 43 years now. 42, but three is in November, so very close. (laughs) (laughs) Almost 43 years she's been in the AKA way, and uh, she is a mentor, a friend, and I'm just so delighted to have her. She is a wealth of knowledge. I'm telling you, she's like a walking medical encyclopedia, and when you hear her talk today, you'll know why I asked her to come on. Um, Dr. Cheryl, um, we are um, in the month of November now, and um, we are, we're still in a pandemic. We are, who, what, seven, nine months into this pandemic, would you say? We, well, we officially, like, came in, well, we, when we found out we were in a pandemic. <laughs> seven um, months for us in the U.S., but of course, way longer than that uh, worldwide. Wow. Seven months for us in the U.S. and um, so many over 200,000 deaths. Oh, my my goodness. If you really want to know the statistics, let's talk statistics with regard to COVID-19, Dr. Tony. Forty five million people have been infected with COVID-19 worldwide during this time. 1.1 million deaths. Now, of course, the good part of that is 30 million people have recovered. So that's the good news. In the U.S., though, 9 million people have been infected and affected by COVID-19 with 233,000 deaths for the United States of America, the world's leading healthcare providers, we think, with the latest technology. And here in Georgia alone, 368,000 people have had to deal with COVID-19 with almost 8,000 deaths. And I live in DeKalb, you live in Rockdale, but in DeKalb County alone, 22,000 folks have been infected with COVID-19. And even here, we've had 400 plus deaths in DeKalb County alone. So yes, this has turned all of our worlds upside downs for us in the United States since March. But because we know it's COVID-19, the virus was actually discovered in 2019 uh, when an investigation of an outbreak happened in Wuhan, China. And from there, the rest is history. Wow. 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 And something you said is so true. You said this, this has turned our world upside down. I mean, we can't, we're sheltering in place um, or, you know, at least we're limited now, but when everything first 
uh, uh, happened when we first realized we were in a pandemic. We had to sh shelter in, couldn't go anywhere. And still our mobility is, you know, where we can go is limited. How often we can stay when we go places is limited. I'm a pastor, you're a pastor, and you know we're still not having worship services in our sanctuaries. We have, we're doing live stream services. We're um, um, working with skeleton crews. Our congregations cannot gather the way we're traditionally used to gathering and worshiping. Um, we're on Zoom meetings like, oh my God, we're like on Zoom steroids um, just for everything. <laughs> our children are not in school. Um, many uh, We're virtual distance learning. Um, and so it's just crazy. We've had to cancel um, um, events, you know, graduations, weddings. We can't even have funerals the way that we normally have funerals. And that's one of the saddest things is that when people are sick, we got to leave our loved ones in the hospital alone, dying by themselves or being, un, uh, being there unattended to fam with family and friends. We know that we're doctors and nurses, but even the medical community is overwhelmed by what's happening here with this pandemic. And it has touched every area of our lives, businesses, everything. And um, while we know that the economy is, you know, we there's a debate about the shutting down versus the economy, but we really know we can't get a handle on this until we, we can't help the economy until we get a handle on this pandemic, on this COVID-19 pandemic that we, we are in. So how do we stay healthy in the midst of all of this? Um, all, everything that you've said, Dr. Tony, is so very true. But you determined to make me a pastor. You know, my husband's the pastor. I'm just the assistant person. I'm married to the pastor, okay? I just but, want you to feel my pain, that's all. <laughs> I feel your pain, but from a different standpoint of view. <laughs> well, look, um, let me tell you something. You're married to a pastor, you might as well be a pastor because, you know, we, <laughs> we, do a, we do a whole lot as pastors, wives, and ministers. Now, we we have I learned. I do know that. And we, have, <laughs> we have learned how to become very technical, especially with the skeleton crew. You are correct. We yeah. have become Zoom masters. We've become camera experts. We've become Zoom uh, teachers and instructors. You know, I'm learning about settings for Zoom and how to make it more effective, yeah, how to make yeah. people feel like if they're a part, a part of it, as opposed to just looking at it on the screen. But even from a medical standpoint of view, for two months, I saw absolutely no patients. So for March and for the middle of March, the entire month of April, we saw no patients either. We ab abided by the rules and the request to shelter in. So we did the sheltering in and we did our best to provide care over the phone and again, Zoom, yeah. uh, FaceTime mm -hmm. or whatever, Skype, whatever platform that was available to that particular patient. And then in May, I went back into the office to see people in person. And so, of course, everything that normally would have been happening for March and April was delayed. So persons were not getting their mammograms. They were not getting their colonoscopies. If they had a pain, they put it off because they did not want to go to the emergency room because they did not want to deal with COVID or the potential of uh, getting COVID while being in the emergency room or in the hospital setting. And they were afraid to come to the office as well because they didn't know, did the doctor have COVID? Did someone that had come before they arrived, did they have COVID? Was COVID still hanging around in the office? So many questions were lurking for folks. And so it has been difficult to stay healthy in a pandemic because the pandemic overshadowed everything. So wow. you're correct. Wow. But we still got to do the basic things. We still got to do what they've requested of us with regard to the pandemic, which mm -hmm. means we should wear our mask. We should cover our mouth and our nose. We still should do the physical distancing. And we decided over time that the social distancing term really wasn't the best terminology because we decided that 
people were socially distant, then the stress level was increasing more. And just the fact that you're sheltering in, your lifestyle has been compromised, caused all levels of stress that you did not expect because none of us thought that this would really last this long. We talk about hand washing. We talked about using sanitizers. We talked about cleaning and disinfecting surfaces. But those of us from the South and those of us really from Georgia, rural Georgia Mm -hmm. to be specific, we already know you're supposed to wipe that surface down every Mm -hmm. time you use it anyway. So all of these things we've been emphasizing to people. But at the same time, you can't forget to do your routine care. Wow. Woo. That's, a, that, that's, I mean, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to go back to something. Um, I'm okay. going to back up just a little bit. And then I want to, I want you to talk about how we can maintain our routine care. Okay. But when you were talking about all the, those, the idea that people were even afraid to go to the doctor, people were afraid. I know even myself, I, I, I said early on, I was like, I don't want to get sick. I don't want to have to go to the emergency room. My mother just had a bout with cancer. Last year, my mom had surgery. And thanks be to God, the very week that we were, uh, that the shelter in place order came here in Georgia in March, my mother had her last radiation treatment mm-hmm. on that Tuesday, on that Tuesday. And that was the, the, I think the next day or the day after was when the shelter in place order from uh, Governor Brian Kemp went into place in Georgia. Wow. So you were blessed that you didn't have to keep going in and out of all of the I different was facilities. So, when I tell you, I was so happy. Our family, we were so happy. She rang that bell on Tuesday when she finished that last treatment. And it was just the very week that the sheltered in place order came. And even before the sheltered in place order came, because then, you know, we started hearing around the end of February and the first part of March was when we really started hearing about the pandemic. So the, 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 um, the, uh, we were at Emory head and neck clinic and she, she had a radiation treatment there at the, uh, Winship, 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 Winship cancer treatment, uh, there at, um, at Emory, um, hospital there in Midtown. And you can see already the hospital has started changing policies and procedures early on. Um, When we started hearing about it, then, you know, only a few people could come in, um, you know, uh, all of that. And I just thank God that mom had her surgery in December of 2019. And my mother was in the hospital for 14 full days. She was in surgery for 14 hours, 14 full days. And I was there in that hospital with her. I know at least. Um, 10 or so of those days. I, I mean, I, the first four days she was there, I didn't leave. I stayed there the whole time. My sisters and my aunts, my sisters, because they, I had the most flexibility, but they would come when they would get off work. And then my aunts could come when my aunts came. And we, my mom had someone in that hospital with her every moment that she was there for two full weeks. Well, had that been COVID, had we known, because COVID was here, we just didn't know in December, but had we known, had we been in the pandemic, I think about how blessed we were that we were able to be there with my mom when she was going through that. That's just coming up on a year now. And I just can't imagine having to leave my mom in the hospital. And she couldn't talk. My mom had a trach for um, the first, my mom came home with a trach. Wow. And so to, to, to think that I would have had to leave her. We would have had to leave her in that hospital with a trait where she could. My mom had to write down things on a board to tell us what she needed and to go to the, to go to the bath, to get the bedpan for her and things of that nature. This was not even a year ago, uh, uh, Sora Cheryl. And then for that to to right on the heels of that, we go right into this pandemic. And and, and, and it's such a devastating thing for families because, you know, as families, we are that patient's advocate. Yes. We want to be there for them. 
we want them to receive the best care. Yes. And we know that they can't always speak up for themselves, especially when they're not feeling good. So when COVID came and families could not be with these family members that were struggling for life, that were fighting, that were getting weary, that were depressed, that were sad, that missed that touch that makes and means so much, that sincere affection, that love, that we also felt as well because we didn't want to deny that from families, but because we didn't understand really fully in the beginning, the transmission, we didn't want to put ourselves as caregivers and healthcare providers in jeopardy. So all of these rules had to go into place. So even to this day, Dr. Tony, I just see the patient. I don't allow the family member to come in because I don't know the family member. Yeah. And if we have to track what potentially may have been an exposure, I have the ability to track the patient, but I don't have the ability to track the family member. So that's why we limit who can be there and who's not allowed to be there. We're happy to talk to family members by phone while the person is there for their visit. We're happy to Zoom with the family member while the person is there for their visit. However, to put ourselves at increased risk and increased exposure, that's the reason for all of the different guidelines. We don't like it either. I'm wow. wearing a mask. I'm wearing a face shield. I'm wearing disposable personal protective equipment. I'm wearing shoes that I really don't wear and take home. I leave them in the office. We're doing all of these precautions as well because we have family members to come home too as well. And we don't want them potentially exposed just because we chose the profession that at this point in time yeah. puts yeah. us at higher risk than we've ever been uh, at risk for in the past. 30 years ago, when I first um, received my medical degree from the Harry Medical College, got to shout out my HBCU, um, <laughs> you know, we were in the midst of dealing with HIV and AIDS. So, okay. you know, as a new intern on the wards of the Medical College of Georgia in Augusta, Georgia, we were the ones going in, covered up from head to toe, dealing with HIV and AIDS. Okay. And we thought then that that was risky. But at the time, we didn't understand. Now we know. Blood and, blood and body fluids transmission, but we didn't know the full story about HIV and AIDS. And we thought that that would be the worst thing in our lifetime that we would have to deal with. But eventually, as you well know, we haven't found a cure for HIV and AIDS, but we've gotten a handle on it. And we've been able to help people live uh, longer lives. And now we classify it more as a chronic disease as opposed to something that's a death sentence, which is what we thought initially when we started dealing with it. So our hope is that with COVID-19, that we will get a handle on it as well. And then at some point, be able to put it in a different category, not just lethal, not just fatal, um, yeah. but we still have to do what's requested and recommended by CDC with the physical distancing, with the mask, the hand washing, and uh, making uh, changes until we can do better. Wow. Can I just ask you this question? You know, you mentioned the, um, the HIV and AIDS epidemic, <laughs> and I remember, because I'm old enough to remember when all of that was going on, um, and um, I, I have a family member who, who I've had a couple of family members um, to uh, be infected with HIV and AIDS and uh, some have passed away. I mean, I know several people who are living with HIV and AIDS and doing well today. Um, and then I remember the H1N1 and mm -hmm. um, I, my, my niece actually um, uh, passed away from that uh, flu um, because of she already had a compromised immune system. And unfortunately, um, the flu, that particular flu epidemic um, she succumbed to because of previous conditions that she already had. Um, but I don't remember 
ever going through a time with HIV and AIDS and in H1N1, we've gone through the swine flu, all those things where we could not go in the hospital, where we could, where we had to. So what's so different about COVID-19 that we have to be so quarantined and so separated physically from people? What's the difference? The big difference is what we've discovered with COVID-19, with all of the preliminary studies and with the continual studies, because remember, this is new. This is a novel coronavirus. This one's brand spanking new. And though we've known about coronaviruses since the 1960s, and then, of course, in animals that we know about coronavirus prior to that time, this is the seventh coronavirus that's moved from an animal source into a human and now is perpetuating through human uh, transmission. As a result, we see that the transmission is respiratory droplets. So respiratory droplets are spread when we're talking, mm-hmm. when we're laughing, yeah. when we're sneezing, when we're singing, yeah. and even sometimes when we're shaking hands or when we're touching surfaces that have been recently touched by someone that had hands that weren't as clean as they needed to be Thus the limitation, thus the the reason to cut back on entries into hospitals, entries into medical offices, because we're really working diligently trying to shut it down as opposed to perpetuate it. It's looking for, as um, the president of Meharry has been saying, as he's been talking to groups in Nashville Uh, Tennessee, that this particular virus, COVID-19, coronavirus-19, is looking for a vector, something to jump onto and latch on and get past from one to the other. And we, the humans, we are the vectors. So if I'm not so close to you, the likelihood of me being an asymptomatic potentially carrier Uh of passing COVID-19 decreases because I'm at least six feet away with our physical distancing and the social distancing being that we're not gathering in the churches, we're not hugging, we're not kissing, we're not shaking hands. All of those things decrease the numbers and the likelihood of transmission. Wow. Wow. I told y'all she was a walking medical encyclopedia. And then she just running these this down. I, thank you. Thank you so much. So hopefully that makes sense because you know that's what we're trying to do. Make it make no, sense. You made, you made a lot of sense. Okay. So, so doc, Dr. Cheryl, um, let me ask you this. So you know we're in uh, flu season. I just got my flu shot this week. Go, girl. <laughs> I went to Walgreens, my favorite store. <laughs> knows that I love Walgreens. I love Walgreens. Okay. I got my flu shot from Walgreens this week. And um, Bishop and I and um, my husband, Bishop Alvarado and Ariel, we all went the same day, the three of us. And we have told all the, the other three young young adults that live in our house, everybody in here to live here, you you, gonna have, you have to have your flu shot. You can't live here. So they all have the over this next week. Everybody got to get their flu shot. So we're going awesome. Into, we're going awesome. into the flu season. <laughs> we're going into the flu season, and and um, we're in it actually, right? We're, we're in it. We're in the flu season. We're in a pandemic, so we got you know all that going on. So I heard Dr. Fauci say, uh, in a, I read an article recently where Dr. Fauci was saying one of the strong best ways for us to fight or to to um protect ourselves from the coronavirus from the COVID-19 is having a strong immune system. So can you talk to us about the immune system and why it's important to have the strong a strong immune system and some of the things that we need to be thinking about and concerning ourselves with going into the flu season. Well, Dr. Tony, I commend you and your family for being proactive and doing your preventive care early on because we really are pushing the flu vaccine this year 
hard in primary care and internal medicine, uh, not only just to boost your immune system, but to also try to help us decrease the confusion associated with the flu and COVID-19. So good job on getting that flu shot. But the immune system, that's what helps us fight against everything. So, you know, the flu shot, is uh, the flu vaccine is composed of different portions of flu viruses uh, that we as a country look at every year to decide which combination is the best to give because of the likelihood of the potential for this particular strain to develop this particular year. And so we want to protect you against that. And if you notice, there are different versions of the flu vaccine available. Mm -hmm. Some are what we call trivalent, which means there are three. And then you hear about the high dose quadrivalent four, which we really are pushing toward our seniors because as we age, our immune system tends to decline. So we want to have them more prepared because they don't fight as well because the cells in their body are a little older. But get your flu vaccine to boost your immune system. Okay. Make sure when your body tells you to rest, Dr. Tony, you rest. Yes. Make sure you increase your fluid intake to flush all of the toxic materials that we may get from eating the foods that we eat uh, as a result of the quarantine. Some of us have gained weight and with that extra weight gain, that of course can compromise our immune system as well. Make sure you have more of a plant-based diet that's fruits and vegetables as well as opposed to processed foods. With the pandemic, a lot of us are not eating out as much which forces us to cook at home, which is in a good way, helps us do better and boost things because we are getting stronger by staying home, eating right, and don't forget exercise. It makes a difference as well and keeping your immune system strong so that you can fight the good fight. And if you should develop or be exposed to COVID-19, be able to deal with this vicious inflammatory process that's caused by the virus. So that's why he's talking about boost your immune system. That particular virus causes inflammation. And with that inflammation, that tears things down. But if you're strong and you boosted the immune system by getting the flu vaccine and other necessary vaccines, Mm -hmm. by your rest, your fluids, your fruits, your vegetables, by your relaxation. And some people like vitamin C, other people like zinc. Uh, Mm -hmm. Some people even do vitamin D, but the whole bottom line is to curtail that inflammatory process should you be exposed to COVID-19. Wow. Okay. So having that um, boost in our immune system, you know, um, with this podcast is, is, is targeted and dedicated to women of color. Mm -hmm. And we know that the COVID-19 has impacted communities of color viciously um, because of a lot of pre-existing conditions that we, so can you talk a little bit about that and what kind of things as a community we need to be looking at and um, making sure that we sure ourselves up on? You know how you would say in your sermon, I'm so glad you asked. So, I'm so glad you asked because I'm a primary care physician. This is what I do every day, which is to work to try to decrease our risk for heart disease. Okay, that's number one. Heart disease, the number one cause of death. Okay, even though we're talking about COVID-19 and it's wrecked our world, we still got to remember the number one cause of death is heart disease. Thus, we've got to watch our cholesterol, If we have a blood pressure problem, we've got to watch our blood pressure. If we are diabetic, we got to take it seriously about our blood sugars. Uh, All of these things that feed into heart disease. So um, I always talk to my patients about knowing your numbers. Know your numbers for your cholesterol. 
know your number for your A1C, which is your hemoglobin A1C, which tells us the average of your blood sugars over the past three months. We talk about know your numbers for your kidney levels so that you can be able to say, hey, do I have a level of kidney disease, yay or nay? And so be able to say uh, if someone asks what's going on. And if you are diabetic, know that if your sugar remains consistently above 200, you automatically decrease your immune system. So wow. thus, that's why we push so hard to keep your blood sugars within a certain range in a certain window, because we know that your cells don't work as well with healing if your blood sugars are elevated. So yes, heart disease becomes important. Diabetes becomes important. If you have asthma or asthma-like disease process, COPD, smokers, all of those things factor in when we're trying to keep our immune system healthy and make a difference at not only just COVID-19, but longevity. Wow. You, I mean that, and, and, you know, I, I, I like that approach because to me, preventative care mm -hmm. is better than trying to get well on the, on the other end. So if I can do something to, that's why I wanted to talk about staying healthy mm -hmm. and what do we need to do regularly to make sure we are healthy so that if we do get a, a virus like COVID-19, that our body is able to bounce back or we were able to fight it off, withstand it or whatever. And so I appreciate your approach to that and um, just making sure that we stay healthy in, in the, uh, before we in, uh, come in contact with a virus. Like and, and, and like I told you earlier when we were chatting, and it's important to still do all of your preventive care measures. Okay, uh, grant, talk about Granted, that. we're in the midst of a pandemic. Granted, how we provide health care has changed a bit, but we're still out here trying to make a difference. So, you know, October has been... Uh, Breast Cancer Awareness Month, we want you still to get your mammograms. If you have not done your colonoscopy, we want you to get your colonoscopies because colon cancer did not stop because we had to deal with COVID-19. Yeah. Breast cancer is not going to wait while we deal with COVID-19. And those of us that need to do other things like adjust our cholesterol, get our sugars together, while we're sheltering in, instead of gaining 21, 21 quarantine pounds, let's lose some weight and yeah. get our bodies, our temples of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Let us get those healthy so that we can make a difference and we can be strong and ready to fight however long it takes. Yeah, strong and ready to fight. I like that. Strong and ready. Write that down if you're writing. Strong and ready. <laughs> <laughs> I like that though, because we gotta be ready. Because yeah. you, you know, you don't, you 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 just never know what's gonna. So uh, talk about the importance of follow up. You know, um, uh, Dr. Cheryl, back in February, I had an incident uh, where I was preaching, and after I got done preaching, uh, my heart rate was elevated and I could not catch my breath. I couldn't get my heart rate down. And I do know because of my thyroid condition that at times it can cause my heart to race because of the Graves disease. And, um, and so I had this incident after church. I didn't want to go to the emergency room, but I did. They, they insisted that I go um, um, to the emergency room and I did. Um, but it was right before we had to shelter in place. And the the I went to see my primary care doctor afterwards after the emergency room visit. I went to see my primary care doctor to follow up. And then she wanted me to follow up with a cardiologist. And I couldn't card. I couldn't follow up when I first called to follow up with the cardiologist. They weren't seeing patients because of covid. But but I made an appointment and I ended up going like in July and then she wanted me to come. No, I went in June and then she wanted me to come back for a stress test. And I did that and I passed the stress test with fine colors. But I had to go back. You know, a lot of times the tendency is, 
you know, when we feel better, we don't follow up. Correct. And And when that pain goes away, we never think about it again until it comes back. So that's where your primary care comes in. Um, We kind of control, they used to call us gatekeepers, so that if you need a specialist, we can get you to the appropriate specialist, or we can at least see if it's something that is an internist for me, we can handle, or if it's something that a cardiologist or a gastroenterologist or even a hematologist needs to address. So you've got to follow up. That's a critical part of what we don't do. We may go check it out, but we never do all the way to the end. So okay. follow through and carry carrying out to the end is important. And every time you actually go back to the doctor from now on, because that episode happened, yeah. she, she or he will ask, have you had any more incidents of palpitations, exactly. racing of the heart? Because sometimes it's a clue that something is developing. Understand in medicine, we don't always get the full picture the first time. Sometimes it may take a second time or a third time before we see what the body is trying to tell us. But you, because you are the person living in that body, should pay attention. And if it comes back, don't say, well, the doctor said the stress test was fine. I'm going to ignore it. Get up, go back and get yourself checked out. So I agree. Following through is important. And that's why it's self-care because you are responsible. And that's when, when I feel something, I'm not, I'm not a hypochondriac where I'm just, you know, but if it's something and it's persisting, I'm going, and I'm not going to wait a long time. I'm going to go check it out. And I mean, as soon as I could, I was in that cardiologist office. I went through the test that she wanted me to go through and, and, when I got done with my stress test and then I had to go back and meet with her, she cleared me. But guess what she said? I will see you next year. That's right. Gave because me we, we understand that it mm-hmm. may not be the full picture. And that's what I try to get folks to understand. Though you have it now and though my test may have been negative, if it comes back, let's recheck it, recheck it again in six months or recheck it again in a year because the body is forever telling you something. You just got to listen to it. You got to listen. And listen so pay attention. Listen mm-hmm. to your body, pay attention, follow mm-hmm. up. This is staying healthy. Staying healthy. Not just, not it re- it requires you to be your best advocate. It comes from you. And so remember, you're in the doctor's office, what, 15 minutes, 30 minutes at the most, depending upon the physician, and then you're gone. But 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, you're living in this body. You know what it does. You know its limits. You know its uh, maximizing capabilities. You know when it feels good. You know when it doesn't feel good. All of those things. You have to help us help you. Wow. Help us help you. Well, I'm telling you, Dr. Cheryl, you are just, um, I love having these conversations with you. I love the fact that you are just so real and down to earth with it. And you make it, you make these medical terms sound so you, I love the fact that you make it very plain to understand. Well, Dr. Tony, I said to myself a long time ago, what's the use of me being able to say whatever terminology and my patient leave the room and not understand a word that I've said. So I made it my business years ago that when that patient would leave my office, that they would have understood what we've talked about, because otherwise it's wasted, wasted effort. So I do spend quite a bit of time breaking it down. And I always say at the end, are we together? Because I want to make sure that that patient understands what is expected from them once they leave. So I say, are we together? Or because, you know, I've been seeing a lot of patients, a lot of years. I might even say, girl, you got it. 
just because it's, <laughs> I like it's, that. It's important to me. It's like you're just a sister girl. I love that. Right. It's that. important to me that if you've paid your copay, been courageous enough to share your story with me, trust me with your heart or your concerns, then the least we could do is be able to relate. So I might say, girl, do you have it? And this is what I expect, okay? <laughs> I love that. I love that, girl. Do you have it? I love that. I'm going to have to use that in my sermon. Girl, you got that? <laughs> and I say girl because I tend to see more women than men. But of right. course, men come in as well. But, okay. you know, I will say to my sister girls, do <laughs> you have it? Okay? Because this is what we got to do to make life better for you and because you impact a whole household these are yeah. the things that you need oh. to do within your household as well you said a mouthful right there when you said yeah. we impact our whole house it's the truth it's you the know truth. I, when i said okay i said i need to get the flu shot everybody here yeah, i told my husband okay we all get the flu shot everybody said yes ma'am yes and guess what and i was the one that said okay y'all it's time to go get the flu shot you know, my husband was like, yeah, we going, we going. But he didn't put no date down. He didn't say when we going. And finally, I just said, okay, we're going to get the flu shot tomorrow. Everybody going to get the flu shot. And my and everybody else, by next week, you got to have your flu shot. You know, the rest of them too old for me, you know, to be driving. <laughs> but anyway, and I mean, but yeah, because as we go, women, mm -hmm. our household goes. And I always say, when you touch a woman, you touch everybody she's connected to. The impact, the impact, that's why we spend so much time educating um, African-American women. And that's why you're doing this podcast, because the impact is for generations. You're not only impacting her children, but our children's children, because how often do we say, this is what mama said, yeah. this is what mama did, yeah. so I'm going to do what mama said, or I'm going to do what mama did, yeah. because that impact is long-lasting. Yeah. And that's why we have so many mamas and aunties. You know, everybody is your auntie in, in the Black community. You know, <laughs> right. Your mother's friends become your aunties. You know, they... They, they family. They just become family because that's what we do. We take care of ourselves and everybody that's connected to us. And so I appreciate you for coming on this podcast. How can um, anybody that's listening or watching on YouTube or listening to us, because you can follow this podcast on Apple, we're on uh, Apple, we're on Google, um, we're on Spotify, we're also on YouTube. You can go to my YouTube channel at Dr. Tony G. Alvarado. All of my episodes are archived there on YouTube. Um, and so we have so many ways and so many places that people are listening uh, to this uh, podcast. We're even now uh, on internet radio um, show with... Um, uh, oh my goodness, we're with um, the uh, ATL uh, Live. With um, We're on that internet radio sh uh, show. And so there's so many places that people will be listening to this podcast. What I want to know is anybody that wants to connect with you, Dr. Cheryl Vicks Crawford, how can we find you? I know you're, you're practicing with the Hillendale Medical Associates, Associates, but that's really the medical group you're a part of, but you have your own private practice uh, with that medical association, how can someone become a patient of yours if they desire? <laughs> well, Dr. Tony, after being at Hillendale Medical Associates, I started that about 20 years ago. And after being at what was then DeKalb Medical Center um, for the past uh, 26 years and now Emory Hillendale, um, and in the middle of a pandemic, you know, we're not taking any new patients. I'm taking only my reliable, loyal people for okay. the past 20 years. Okay. However, you know, you can contact me through Hillendale Medical Associates. That is how I uh, practice. And there is a phone number associated with it of 770-808-0092. I do not have a problem with doing community education. Women's Say the groups. number again. Say the number again. Okay. Um, and I'm seven seven zero. Seven seven zero. Mm-hmm. Eight zero eight. Eight zero eight. Uh-huh. Zero zero nine two. 
0092. And yes. I'm going to put that on the screen here. 770-808-0092. They can, they can contact you there because you do. I know you do a lot of speaking. I do. And like, it's important to me to do community education, which is okay. what I've done for the past 30 years to make sure that uh, particularly women, uh, because, but like I said, we're not against men. It's just, we have focus on African-American women, just like you have, um, to make sure that we're prepared for health challenges and that we are doing everything in our power health-wise to stay healthy, stay healthy to improve our long-term life and to decrease our morbidity uh, over our lifespan so that generations from now, the impact will be felt. Wow. Okay. So she is committed to the community. And I can tell you that from experience that Dr. Cheryl Vix Crawford is um, committed to the community. I, um, I actually work on a committee with her in our chapter, Kaita Omega Chapter of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated, where she is our program chairman. And um, we work on the health Women's Health Committee there. And I can tell you, this woman is serious about women's health. Um, she's serious about the community. She's serious about women and um, seeing us uh, be healthy, spirit, soul, and body. And so that's one of the reasons why I know, I think from the moment we met, our spirits connected on so many levels. And so, and I knew that eventually I needed to have you on here to help us with, because we're going into the flu season. We're seven months into this pandemic. We don't know when it's going to live. We don't know when it's going to become, you know, when we're going to be able to have a vaccine that works. We don't know. And we don't know how long we're going to be having to do some of the things that we're having to do. We're wearing masks and physically distant from from people and just then just in I love the fact that you that you focus on just staying healthy all the way around and doing preventative medicine and doing our regular checks. I know you know when I went to Walgreens this week to do my flu shot, one of the questions they asked you know was you know they asked about my age and then they asked me had I ever had the pneumonia shot and mm -hmm. shingles shot and things like. Um, and I, I have not had a pneumonia shot. I've not had shingles, but I think it was connected to my age. It's connected to your age. So you probably would not have had that just yet, but you will soon when you cross over and join me in this other decade. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. But, 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 you know, but I believe that, you know, having my, my annual mammogram, I did, you know, I looked at my calendar back in July I look, I mean, every week I was in somebody's doctor's office. I had seen my, I saw my endocrinologist, my, I had my physical in June with my primary care. And I had my, I had my endocrinologist that same month. I had to see my dentist. I saw my therapist. I saw my chiropractor. I said, I said, oh Lord Jesus, my, my calendar looked like a, a medical ward. <laughs> But but what a great example, because you're always talking about harmonizing your life. So you've got to live what you preach about. Right. So exactly. Dr. Tony has been so complimentary to everybody else. But remember, she works diligently in the community as well, educating women, stepping out of the box, doing things that are not always so easy and so routine, <laughs> emphasizing the need also to take care of your physical health, because we see her working out and hiking almost every day your spiritual health because she's preaching and teaching and singing every day and then your mental health because she preaches about self-care and yeah. making the difference and letting go of the stress and I'm sure ultimately we always talk about turning it all over to God and trusting that God yeah. will yeah. handle it yeah. if you let him at the end of the day at, at the, the end, end of the day, I do my part and I leave the rest to God. I leave Correct. the rest. At the end of the day, you can be you can be healthy. You can do all. You can exercise. You can do all of that. But at the end of the day, it is God that keeps us. And, and so that I, and that is the truth. And that's also what we try to convey to patients that say that they believe in the spiritual impact. Uh, on health and health care, that if you trust God and believe God at the end of the day, 
it's not what Dr. Vic says. It is always what yes. Dr. Jesus says. Yes, it is. Thank you so much. Listen, if you've been following this podcast, I want you to continue to follow us. As I said already, you can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Podcast, Google, Spotify, Anchor. We are we're really, really wanting to get this message out. Follow our YouTube channel. Subscribe to our YouTube channel so you'll know whenever a new video goes up, it'll send you a notification. Go to Dr. Tony G. Alvarado. You'll find me there on YouTube. You can go to my website at drtonyalvarado.com and you can connect to all the things that I do there. You can connect to the self-care, the women's, uh, the Harmonize Your Life Women's Self-Care Network the registration or the to, to join the network, you can go there to my website at drtonyalvarado.com and the, um, to join the link to join the self-care network is there. Join the network. We have a wonderful time. You, we're connected. Not only to, um, we're not only concerned about ourselves being healthy, but we're connected to a healthy community. And I always say, what good is it for me to be healthy and be connected to an unhealthy community? So it's important that you have women and men in your life that are part of your self-care board of directors to help you stay healthy spirit, soul, and body. I want to thank again my guest for today, Dr. Cheryl Vix Crawford, for coming on, for being uh, here and helping with the community. She's doing what she does, helping our community to stay healthy, main, helping us to stay healthy in the midst of a pandemic. That's what we're talking about today, staying healthy in the midst of a pandemic. Thank you again, Dr. Vix Crawford, for being here with us on today. We honor you and honor the work that you do in the community. And I am excited about what God is doing in and through you. And although you're not taking new patients right now, <laughs> I'm glad that you made it possible for the listeners of this podcast to connect with you. Uh, listen, if you need her to come and say something to your church group or women's group, she we're doing it through Zoom. Just, you know. We're in a virtual world. We're in a virtual can, world. I, so it's, it's, last last it's week I was in. It's easier it ever was, isn't it? <laughs> last week I was in Harlem, New York. So, you know, it's all good. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you, I was in Detroit, Michigan last week. I'm telling you, I was in Detroit last week. And the week before that, I was in Memphis, Tennessee. And the week before that, I was in Texas with Bishop Rastow McKenzie, all within like a 48-hour period. Yes. So we're actually, the message is going forth with the greater impact and a greater speed because of this virtual world. So yes. we have to embrace the situation we're in and make the most of it. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Thank you again, Dr. Cheryl. I appreciate you. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me. And, you know, God bless you in all of your efforts as well. May it continue to multiply. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, this is Dr. Tony Alvarado. I am so delighted about bringing the Harmonize Your Life podcast to you. Would you do me a favor? If you are enjoying this, this podcast, would you email me at hello at drtonyalvarado.com? I want to hear from you. I want your feedback. I want to know if there are any other topics that you are interested in as it relates to wellness, self-care, nutrition, or just overall bringing harmony into your life. Email me, contact me at hello at drtonyalvarado.com.